Welcome to issue 169 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Mega, and with me is Daniel. Hello, good evening, Mega. Welcome. Thank you. Mike? Uh, hi, Mika. So that's how you pronounce it, hey? 169 episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it in before 200, so it's fine. <laughs> and Steve? How are you doing, Maka? Because that's what it's always been, and we don't really <laughs> pay attention to our minions. So. Wow. Uh, uh, we're, we're glad you could be here. It's really tough that Steve runs HR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> payroll, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> that explains a few things. It does. That might, yeah. folks might know Maka from the discords, and now he has his own YouTube channel. Why don't you tell us about that real quick? Sure. Uh, I've started doing some playthrough videos. Uh, I'm going up on YouTube as Knight of the Living Card Game or Knight of the LCG, and I've been running through the Rise of Red Skull, and I'm in the middle of the Mad Titan Shadow where I'm just taking some random heroes with random aspects and see if I can make my way through them. Awesome. I watched a couple. Nice. They're really great. Yeah, folks should go check them out. They're fun. Uh, you have a nice way about your, your videos, so they're, they're fun to watch. Well, thank you. You know, we also know Maka from all of his questions for what's on your mind tonight. Oh, yeah. He's like the best question asker ever. He should probably ask one right now. So, Daniel, what's on your mind tonight? <laughs> you! I'm a Patreon member. Thank you. And it's you, C-Maker. You, you got a new job, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, so the last, uh, the last guy, we, we didn't really even know his name, I don't think. Did we, Steve? Did we ever learn his name? No, no. Yeah. Um, anyway. It's not worth naming him. He was, he was too weak, whereas we know you are strong. So what we need, uh, make it, is a new expired experimental serum taste tester. Um, so and here you are on the show tonight. How cool is that? Is that what you offered me to drink when I came in? Well, yeah, we probably yeah. told you it was Thor's brew. See, yeah. it's not an expiry date. It's a best before, so you don't really <laughs> know if it's bad. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how you are at the end of the show. I mean, it is a little bit more probably neon green than you would expect, but. It is surprisingly refreshing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for being a Patreon member. Thank you to all our patrons out there. Um, but tonight was your night, so this timing couldn't be better. We're, gl we're glad to have you on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Speaking of tonight, uh, let's get to it, right? We're going to talk about some cards. We're going to do the Iron Spiders Sinister Six modular set. I don't this even know what that means. <laughs> well, this is one of those back of the pack modular sets. Oh yeah, that, okay. that came with Spider Penny Parker, right? Oh, in our sensor okay. most waves, eight total cards, eight by title, so it's a pretty good size. And what we're gonna do tonight, since there are a lot of minions in the set, we're gonna talk about a minion lore. Then we're gonna look at the card, and we're gonna bounce back and forth because we love Daniel so much. We're gonna let him go first and tell us all about his. Really? Character. Yeah. Oh well, okay. Let me tell you a little bit about Bombshell. Now, I spent hours and hours writing this up. Good good work, Daniel. Good work. I'm sure you put a lot of sweat in it. Sweat and tears, Mike. Mostly tears. <laughs> but I will say this. There are many people who take up the bombshell moniker. But I'm going to tell you the story of Lori Baumgartner, the fire eater from Denver. Ooh, That's awesome. Man, that is so cool. Like most so-called villains... Lori is a product of her broken childhood. Her parents died in a tragic car accident when she was six years old, and she was placed in foster care. Now, Lori did not take it well. She was continually at odds with her caretakers, who relished in punishing her for her numerous transgressions. Well, with no respect for boundaries, she became prone to a certain, how shall we say, impulsiveness. Eventually, she would run away and join the circus, where she would learn the art of fire-eating. Now, that could only last so long, however, as Impulse took her took hold of her again, and she fell in with a band of petty criminals. God, how many times have we heard that, guys? Right. Seriously. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, fall in with that band. How many bands of petty criminals are there in the world that almost everyone we ever meet falls in with them? Anyway, she soon became a bit of a drifter, surviving on petty theft while following one impulse after the next. So, Mike, do you remember way back in issue 29? Hey, that was my first episode on the show. Do you remember what you talked about? Actually, no, it wasn't, it wasn't issue 29. It was issue 7, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. No, I, I think it was issue 7. It was uh, Titania. Uh, yes, it was Titania, Mike. Now, if you'll recall, Mike, that's when the Beyonder takes fragments of various planets, merges them into a planet-sized arena. Remember that? That's Battleworld. Okay, that's Battleworld. Now, this included a piece of Denver, Colorado that, to the surprise of its inhabitants, suddenly ripped from the Earth, flew into space. Now, you recall that Laura Baumgartner, she was in Denver, right? Now, some have argued that this was unfair or cruel, but the truth of the matter was that the Beyonder was being very kind to the denizens of Colorado by offering them free front row seats to the greatest brawl in the universe. But Steve, Maka, Mike, I digress. The Beyonder's plan was with not without uh, collateral damage. So while Denver was being ripped from the earth, Lori just happened to be leaving the city to follow her favorite band, the Modeled Crew. Is that true, Mike? Oh, oh, every word. The modeled crew. The modeled crew. Okay. All right. It's like uh, it's like that Marvel thing where they can't use the real names. Sure, sure. The model crew. Well, they were doing <laughs> touring the American Midwest. So her her car gets caught right at the fissure where just, she's thrown from a vehicle, ends up hanging on for dear life to the crumbling edge as Denver's whisked away. Well, unfortunately, being a mere human, she couldn't withstand the force was thrown off the fragment as it left Earth's atmosphere. Now this would have been the end for Lori were it not for the hand of fate, which in this case was an iridium-infused meteorite that just happened to be hurling through space, colliding with her, and sends her careening to battle world surface. I mean, that, that's bananas even for Marvel, but okay. I mean, they've done worse. But it's, oh boy, but have they done worse. Uh, but it's yeah. true bananas, right? All right, well, okay. Well, it's there that Dr. Doom discovers her broken burned irradiated form takes her back to the alien lab that he commandeered now if you'll recall guys he used the same lab to create titania and volcana so being the genius that he is dr doom saves Lori's life but but turns her into bombshell so so named because she concentrates energy into explosive projectiles the catch is that this energy comes from within her so every time she creates a bomb she drains some of her life force well, that makes sense. So in order to recharge, she periodically goes meteorite hunting, following reports of meteor showers and either absorbing the shards and the strength of the earth, or better yet, she stands in their trajectory, absorbs the energy from their impact. Seriously, you can't make this up. All right. Well, anyway, Bombshell joins the joins Iron Spider in the Dark Iron storyline, which I'm hoping you guys will go into that a little bit more. Will you later? Uh, maybe in another episode. Oh, okay. So she causes lots of mayhem for the Avengers. However, she's not a member for very long. So after a couple of issues, she stumbles upon a shield unit and steals their ship. Again, you know, it's her impulse control issues. The last we see of her, she's flying off-world, setting a course for hijinks on a cosmic scale. That's bombshell. That's Laura Baumgartner. Holy shimoli. Wow. That was wild, Daniel. That was wild. Mike, that was wild. Ali, you want to read the card? You know, so here we got Bombshell. She's pretty legit. So Bombshell is a unique minion with two scheme, three attack with a special little star. Four health. She's got the criminal trait. Now her attack is divide damage from Bombshell's attack among each character the attacked player controls as evenly as possible. Interesting. And her boost effect is a special boost effect. Deal one indirect damage to each player. Exhaust each character damage this way. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Wow. So she's sadly one of those minions that's a much better boost effect, right? Well, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, in a four-player game, she she's doing damage to each player. Well, indirect, so you can apply it to a, an ally. But then they all get exhausted, so that's pretty They're cool. exhausted. So, I mean... Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm just going to point out, this is when a minion activates, which is after the villain. Yeah. So your protection player who's exhausted and hasn't readied might say, oh yeah, I'll just take that indirect damage, whatever. Yeah, that's true. So there's ways around it, but uh, yeah, no, it's really good. Really good. It, it's fun for those situations where you're like, uh, oh, I'll just take the attack, and you leave your your hero 
readied and you don't yeah. have anybody else. And then you're like, oh, and you end up exhausting anyways. I love those. Yeah, yeah. I do like those. I would like, so I would like her attack special thing if she were villainous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because, like, you know, it's three. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's just no. I mean, for a minion, three is pretty good. No, three is great, but of course she's four health, so she's not ever going to hit you. So the fact that oh. she doesn't have quick strike, and I don't know. Okay, so here's the question for you, right? So you're dividing the damage that she from her attack. So if you were to defend, you prevent the damage first, and then the rest happens, right? So if you right. defended for yeah. one, she's yeah. only dealing two, so two points are being split up. So you, it's not like... It's almost like Sandman, where you can still block some of it before it gets dished out. So it's still neat, though. It's a cool effect, and it's unusual, right? So it feels thematic um, with the story you told us all about yeah. uh, her projectiles that she throws off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, and I like her art because she kind of looks like a soccer mom or a normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you can see her at Whole Foods. There's like a doorman <laughs> behind her. She's just leaving her apartment building. Yeah. No, no, I dig her. I like Bombshell a lot. Oh, I've been summoned by the telling of bad lore. Fear not, listeners. I am here now to correct Daniel's wildly inaccurate story. Please take everything Daniel just told you and forget it, because none of it was true. I have a sneaking suspicion the other guys tricked him into reading that. Something about a prank Daniel played on Mike during Monday Night Twitch. But who am I to judge? We start off on Earth 1610, where Lori Baumgartner was just a petty criminal who was offered early release if she participated in Roxanne Corp's uh, set of experiments. Little did anyone know that Lori was pregnant at the time. The experiments were a success, and her and her unborn baby, Lana, gained superpowers. They are able to fly and are able to shoot destructive blasts of energy from their hands. Many, many years later, her and her daughter use their powers on a crime spree only to be thwarted by that menace, Spider-Man. Shortly after that, the duo tried again, this time to rob an armored truck, and they were once again thwarted, but this time by Spider-Woman and the Human Torch. Lori went to jail, but Lana went to juvie and was later released if she promised not to not use her powers before she turned 18. In fact, she ended up in school with none other than Peter Parker. So after the massive Marvel storyline known as Secret Wars ended and the multiverse was destroyed and reborn, Miles Morales found himself on Battleworld, saved by Molecule Man, and the webhead helped Molecule Man so when Earth-616 returned to existence, Molecule Man sent Miles, his family, and friends into that reality. This included Lori and Lana. Lori was actually brought into prison, but since S.H.I.E.L.D. had been dissolved, she was set free. The mom and daughter team have had a strained relationship since. Mom wanting to continue her life of crime because one doesn't just simply give up on your lifelong dreams because the multiverse imploded. However, her daughter had been corrupted by the noble morals of Miles and Peter. Lori does join the Iron Spider's Sinister Six to steal the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier and talks Lana into joining them. But Lana tips Miles off, so the champions show up to stop the Sinister Six, eventually catching up with them in Latveria to do just that. At this point, Lana turns on her mother and knocks her out. It's basically the last we see from Lori Bombshell Baumgartner. Well, there you go. That's the real story of Bombshell, Daniel. Ah, uh, Daniel, are you okay? I didn't mean to upset you. Well, Wait, what's well, going on? Uh, Why are you red? Well, what's that inner well, light? Are, are you about to explode? Well, no! Oh, what the? So what? What happened? Did Did uh, Scarlet Rhodey come in and kick the crap out of him? <laughs> must, be, must be. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> did the, does that mean there's a opening up for a promotion? <laughs> no. You know, any good villain, you can't keep him down. He'll be back. You know, next episode. So he'll have a slightly different costume. Right. Yeah. He'll hold a grudge, that kind of thing, but he'll be all right. Darn. Well, we got a whole bunch of other characters to look at i'll go next since i have been tasked with the iron spider and this is the iron spiders sinister six how about that you guys want to hear a little bit about this iron spider since the set is named after him i think that only makes sense 
But first, what I want to do is I want to talk about the Iron Spider suit. What what that suit is. All right. Uh, Spider Man, the Peter Parker version, is quoted as saying, "I just want to say for the record, they haven't invented a word for how cool this armor is." You do get a look at what this armor kind of looks like, and is is in the MCU in the Spider Man Homecoming movie. So if you picture those movies, this armor, that's the armor that we're talking about, basically, okay? It's a piece of tech built by Tony Stark to help Spider-Man. Tony Stark makes it for Spider-Man after Spider-Man is killed and resurrected. Oh, I was going to say, that was a really dumb timing on his part. (laughs) Yeah, well, he doesn't make it for him beforehand. He makes it for him after, and it's guilt armor. Tony feels bad that he didn't give it to him before, I think. So... So the, when I, and when I say Spider-Man, I'm talking Peter Parker version here. Uh, this is the 616. So he uses this armor for quite a little while. Eventually, he abandons this armor during the Civil War storyline because he decides to change sides from the lawful side to the rebel side. He leaves like Iron Man's register your power side to go over to Captain America's hide in secret and don't follow the law side of the conflict. And at that point, he gives the armor back or he abandons it because he's not on Iron Man's side anymore. So the armor itself gets used by a few people after that, including Mary Jane Watson. Also a group of law enforcers that are called the Scarlet Spiders. There's three of them. Uh, Two of them end up dying. And they're not to be confused with the clone of Peter Parker known as Kane, who goes by the moniker Scarlet Spider. Okay. He's never a Scarlet Spider. He's, He's just the Scarlet Spider. It's not confusing at all. I know, I know. Not at all. And so they all fit in this suit? Like, it's, it's sized for Peter Parker and, coincidentally, Mary Jane Watson? Yeah, it can, like, uh, it, it can take on additional shapes, and it's very flexible and all these sort of things. So that's like oh, part okay. of it. Yeah. I think the standard answer is nanoparticles. Correct. Oh, I thought it was spandex. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, back on track. So the suit, actually, the suit itself is made of a protein-scale nanotech. So, you know, it's not okay, just so nano. Okay, so was right. Yeah, but the protein scale, whatever that yeah, means. Okay, it has an LEP skin display, has impact sensing, all-spectrum comms. It uses a hybrid optoelectric computer. It has super basic performance, high-performance everything. You name it, it's got super high-performance in all this stuff. It's, it really is Stark's greatest work. It's, like, better than his regular armors that he wears. It comes with, like, spinnerets and the Stinger access port, so they'll open up so you can shoot your webbing out from inside the armor. It has all the various Waldos, a.k.a. the arms that come out and do stuff, right? It has a glider built in. Um, the super awesome, powerful chest piece to protect you. It has a filtering mask. It has enhanced lenses. It has this containment ability where it can engulf something to, like, if you're not supposed to touch this radioactive particle thing, the suit can, like, come out and contain it so you don't have to touch it, but then it carries it around so it's some sort of weird, like, pocket thing. There are technically 17 different layers of armor in this that each one protects against a different problem that you might have as a superhero. Okay. It, it, otherwise, it's, it is totally Von badass. I mean, it is, it is amazing <laughs> armor. Okay. But <clears throat> according to the Earth 9119 version, it does not have Wi-Fi. So take that, mm. Teenage Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dial up. <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't have Wi-Fi. Um, Still got to plug into a landline. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. All right, so that's the suit, and the name goes with the suit. So Iron Spider suit. You wear the suit. You are the Iron Spider. I guess is how it works. Uh, so in this set, in our timeline, in our game, who is wearing the suit? And so who's the Iron Spider in our Iron Spiders Sinister Six? And it is none other than Aaron Davis a.k.a. The Prowler. So if you want to hear about The Prowler, you could go back to our issue 145 where we had Will, Funky Monkey Monk on, and he did a Shadow of the Past for Miles Morales, all about Aaron Davis when Aaron Davis was The Prowler. But I'm going to talk about Aaron Davis while he's the Iron Spider now. Okay? Also not confusing. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. At one point, the multiverse is completely destroyed and reborn. Okay? And during that point, Aaron Davis, who is Miles Morales' uncle, re- comes back to life. He had been dead, but after the multiverse is reborn, he's alive as well. Uh, and so he, 
he's he's alive. He just wakes up. Ooh, I'm I'm not dead anymore. And he just returns to his life of crime, like right off the bat. Boom. He ends up buying this armor off the black market from a woman named Ceres. Don't ask me about her. I don't know who she is. Uh, uh, and he decides that he's going to reform the Sinister Six because they're currently not active at the time. So he reforms the Sinister Six with himself, Hobgoblin, the, the Kingsley version, Sandman, the Baker version, Electro, the Fry version, Bombshell, or Baumgartner that Daniel talked about, and Spot, the Own version. Okay, so those are the Sinister Six that he forms those characters. And we'll talk about some of those going forward. So their plan is to steal a helicarrier for Lucia von Bardas. Uh, again, you can go back to issue 154 if you want to hear all about her. During the whole like um, heist and the battle that's involved in the stealing of the helicarrier, Miles shows up along with the champions. And there's a big battle and blah, blah, blah. Stuff happens. And Aaron, Iron Spider, is persuaded by Miles that he could be better. You could reform. You do not have to be a criminal. And you could become a good guy. And as they're talking, the Latverians show up, and they just shove Iron Spire over the side, where he falls to his apparent death. Aww. Yeah. Now, if you recall, I mentioned that it has a glider built in. So, surprise, he's still alive! Okay. Mm. However, this second near-death experience, or I guess he had a near-death experience, and then this is, I don't know. He had a death experience, and now this is his near-death experience. And Miles' words convince him to go straight. So after all this, he ends up selling the Iron Spider armor back to Tony Stark. He uses the money he gets from that to just support himself so that he can go straight. He declines like an offer from Tombstone to join Tombstone's gang and things like that. So it does appear that he manages to turn a new leaf and, and, and go, you know, stop being a criminal. But uh, sounds like a quitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It doesn't really stick, but that's time for another story. So, And that, that's the Iron Spider. That's fantastic. That was very interesting. It, it, he's, a, he's an odd character there. So. And he doesn't, he doesn't have the Iron Spider for very long, either. That's not a lot of issues. <laughs> well, let's see if the card holds up. Yeah, okay. Uh, Iron Spider is a unique minion with two scheme, two attack, six health. He is criminal and elite. And he has Guard, Patrol, Retaliate 1, Toughness, and his attacks gain Overkill with three boost icons. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> He's only missing Piercing. I really wish he had Piercing. Piercing so. and a Villainous, I guess, are the only two. Yeah. yeah, I could go without the Villainous just because, but I just love that he has, like, every... Yeah. <laughs> everything they can put on the card, so... And I guess that really is a great suit. It's got everything. Yeah, it, it, it does represent it pretty well, I think. A little bit of everything. That Retaliate one's pretty good on a six health enemy. I like that a lot. We've talked about this before, how it, it forces you to use your, your eight attack over kill cards to, uh, to get rid of them. Well, and in this case, he has toughness as well on top of that. Oh, yeah. So you're yeah. going to take one hit. Yep. Is there anything that pierces and does six damage? Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine maybe. Okay. And Cyclops, um, full blast if you're using his visor upgrade. That does overkill and piercing and ranged. So oh, okay, but that's eleven damage you've wasted on a six. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess. And I like the elite trait that he uh, he can get around all some of those hero shenanigans, where it's do this to a non-elite minion. Yep, yep. And I believe he's the only elite minion in the whole set. Which okay, great, makes sense. Yeah, it's the boss. Yeah, the guys put it together. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good minion, I think. So yeah. All right. Well, there are some more minions. Um, and Mako, we didn't bring you on the show for nothing. Uh, why don't you go next and tell us all about Electro? Sure. So Electro, also known as Francine Fry. So when we're introduced to her, she's a type of person that we definitely need to see more of in Marvel Comics. She's a supervillain groupie. She was obsessed <laughs> with supervillains. She helped them out. She even dated a few of them. So uh, She hasn't time, hung out with me. Well, you're just a villain. You're not super. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but I mean, she has standards. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. We got some more serum for him to test. <laughs> so at this time, she was actually 
an accomplice, and she was the ex-girlfriend of Max Dillon, the original Electro. Oh, okay. So the first time we see Francine, Electro shows up at her apartment because his electrical powers got messed around with with Doc, uh, Dr. Octopus. So they weren't acting normally. He didn't know where to go. So he ran to his ex-girlfriend uh, to see her and try to lay low. Well, Francine, when she got there, she wanted uh, happy to see him, wanted to rekindle their old romance. It, you know, it was the classic tale of an electrically powered boy meets a girl. They kiss, and then the girl gets electrocuted and dies. That is exactly how we're introduced wow. to her. He shows up, they kiss, she dies from electrocution. It It's really tragic, honestly. I mean, that's like Romeo and Juliet level tragedy right there. But ultimately, this is Marvel Comics, so no one ever dies. So at some point later, a supervillain known as the Jackal, who is, spoiler alert, is actually Spider-Man's clone, Ben Riley. Well, Jack... <laughs> Huh. Which Spider-Man? Well, uh, Peter Parker. He's got like two clones at least. Okay, I, yeah. go on. At least, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So the Jackal needs to have Electro come work for him. However, Electro has lost his powers at this point. So Jackal does what any, you know, reasonable, sane person would do. He harvests genetic materials from Electro's ex-girlfriend's corpse, clones her, resurrects her, and then uses her as a way to convince Electro to work with him. <laughs> so he develops this whole way to give Electro his yeah it's the standard story really yeah, pretty standard okay um so he gets this whole plan to get Electro his power back gets him a nice suit shoots a bunch of energy at him however it doesn't work uh Max doesn't get his power back however when Francine gets close to him the electrical energy flows into her and so she returns the favor to Max, and she gives him a great big kiss, which drains all the electricity out of him and kills him. So she was the spark in that relationship. This time around, yes. So apparently, the genetic material they harvested was contaminated with Max's DNA due to their kiss. And that's what caused the problem. And, I mean... If I had a nickel every time I botched a cloning process because I had some tainted DNA, I wouldn't need to be a minion anymore. No. So this is all, while this is going on, this is after, I believe, the uh, Superior Spider-Man and Peter Parker gets his body back. He sends his friend, Hobie Brown, who in Earth-616 at this time is the Prowler, to go check what's going on here. So Hobie goes in, see what's going on. He gets discovered. So Francine goes and uh, tries to take him out, and she electrocutes him and kills him. Oh. However, the just, jackal just, just clones just Hobie Brown. Yep. She seems like a more effective electro already. Already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But um, jackal then clones and resurrects Hobie Brown. Um, so this is all part of a storyline called the Clone Conspiracy Saga. So there are clones left and right. So after all this happens and the clone conspiracy is over, Francine just decides she is just going to become a villain for the money and destruction because she's always loved supervillains and that's what she wants to do. Um, So while she's going off doing her villainous deeds, she gets recruited by Iron Spider to help steal this decommissioned shield helicarrier. Uh, Her job was to restart the engines once they got in there to be part of the new Sinister Six. Well, we, as we talked about earlier, that gets kind of thwarted by Miles and the champions, so that falls apart. So once that is done, she goes works with Boomerang to do a heist job for King, Kingpin, but then Boomerang betrays her. So she oh. decides to work alone. She goes attacks a Broadway musical to hold a famous accent, actress for ransom. However, she was fooled by Mary Jane Watson, and she was defeated by water. Uh, she has the same weakness that Max Dillon Electro has, is she's vulnerable to water. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't actually rem- I don't think I was on the show when you guys talked about the original Electro. Is that the same as the Zack's weakness, where you just short them out? Yeah, I guess so. I can- uh, I'm- Power drain was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the quote-unquote science reason behind it. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. the wicked. They're the wicked witch of the west. Ah, you 
anybody Electro. Um, so after that, she gets free from prison to join the Syndicate, which is an all-female criminal enterprise led by the Beatle. After that doesn't work out, she actually becomes part of the Thunderbolts. After Kingpin becomes the mayor of New York City and outlaws all superheroes. But then she gets betrayed by Kingpin again. <laughs> and goes back to being a villain. And eventually she gets captured again by the new Thunderbolts led by Hawkeye, which was put together by Luke Cage after he defeats Kingpin for mayor of New York City. And I think that's about where she uh, where she is right now. Wow. Wow. Talk about where's your loyalty? Jeez. To herself, apparently. She's just getting betrayed. She's getting betrayed left, right, and center. Yeah, yep. that's too bad. She seems effective, though. That's cool. Certainly more effective than Max. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's pretty good. Let's uh, let's see if her card lines up. Okay, so taking a look at her card, Electro is a unique minion with one scheme, two attack, and three hit points with an asterisk, and she has the criminal trait. So the asterisk says Electro gets plus one hit point for each energy resource attached to her. She also has a force response. After Electro engages you or activates against you, choose one card from your hand with a printed energy resource and attach it to her. And she has one boost icon. So yeah. kind of one of the weaker ones out of the group, really. No no boost effect. Um, hit or miss on the stealing a card from your hand. And three hit points, maybe four. Probably not going to last very long. Yeah, I don't think she'll last too long. But, I mean, she does come out and engages you so that immediately upon her arrival you do have to attach a energy resource card to her right and probably you'll have one i mean unless you're playing a very specific right you're playing hulk so you're just going for all fists or i don't know you're you're playing a genius you're looking for all nerd resources or something like that right if you have a green deck you have energy resources and this thing has stolen my Energy card sometimes. I'm just, ah. Oh, <laughs> Worse okay. yet, it steals your shawarma because that's all you have in your hand with the, with that icon on it. Captain Marvel's triple resource. That would be oh, uh, yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Best because then she goes up three hit points, right? <laughs> it's not it's wonderfully card, thematic. Yeah. 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 Wonderfully thematic though, right? It's what she did to the other Electro, right? She absorbed mm-hmm. his energy. Yeah. Yep. And it does make it so you do... She's not a minion that you're going to want to leave out and just let her stick around for a while. So it does make the heroes waste their time on taking her out. Yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't have to damage you. She just has to activate against you. So scheme or attack, right? Mm-hmm. I think they ran out of room for a boost effect, though. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I, I do like the card. It's too bad she doesn't start with a few more hit points just because. But yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, Mike, you have the lore for another one of these characters. Who do you have? Uh, I had the spot. Okay, before we start, I want to point out that the spot's card art comes directly from the alt art cover of the supervillain team-up, Modox 11. You'll have to excuse my voice. I'm uh, getting over a head cold here. Um, so yeah, please uh, let me know if that uh, elixir doesn't kill you, and I'll take some. I, I'm feeling mostly okay, but am I supposed to have a possum tail? Hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll just we'll just give a call to Doctor Mandibus. He'll be in in the morning. Yeah. I mean, is there a possum fi- villain at this point? I don't think so. I mean, there's an armadillo, and there's a scorpion, and there's an octopus. Oh, there's absolutely a possum villain. Oh, you think so? I just don't know who it is. He sees Captain America, he just rolls over, plays dead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. The spot is Dr. Jonathan Owen, who first appears in Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 98 in 1985. He was hired by the Kingpin to reproduce the powers of the Cloak. The Cloak is a vigilante with the power to send people into slash through the Dark Force dimension. This is used to effectively teleport large distances, or you can even trap people there so you can watch them go insane as they experience visions of their worst nightmares. Great stuff. Clearly, Kingpin wants to use this power for the benefit of humanity, so he sets Dr. Own to the task. Now, on dark and stormy night, Jonathan succeeds, but in doing so, he takes down New York's power grid. The portal begins to vanish as the power goes out, so he quickly jumps in before it's too late. Unfortunately, the portal was destabilizing at the time, and it sends him to a different dimension, described as 
half white, half black, and filled with all these weird floating portals. When he finally emerges, he's shocked to discover that he is bleach white, but covered head to toe in black portals. These portals connect back to the other dimension, which he then dubs Spot World, because of course he does. <laughs> the Spot doesn't have any other powers. He's got no super speed, no super strength, no ability to fly, he doesn't spit venom, he doesn't climb walls. All of his power comes from clever use of his portals, which he can manipulate however he wants. He can expand them, shrink them, rip them off and throw them around, leave them hanging in midair. He can teleport through one and even pick it up as he's being teleported away. His favorite trick is to surround his opponent with portals so that he can sucker punch them from all directions and disappear. And since he's not a particularly strong guy, you know, he's got to do what works. And that that sucker punch thing is amazing because Peter Parker's spider sense only works in this dimension. So if he throws a punch within the Spock world, Parker doesn't notice Ooh. it until it's too late, right? It's fantastic. So as a character, he's really cool. That's a wild power. And he makes many appearances in the comics. However, he has this unfortunate um, propaganda campaign against him by the writers for Marvel. He's become a bit of a whipping boy. Oh. When he meets Spider-Man for the first time, he proclaims himself as the spot, at which point Spider-Man collapses in a fit of laughter. You've all seen that Pace Pop Pete one, right? It's, it's basically the same thing. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, he he co-founds the Spider-Man Revenge Squad, which quickly becomes known as the Legion of Losers amongst Ooh. heroes and villains alike. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. It's it's a sad trend. Um, there's another comic, I believe it's one of the Jessica Jones ones, but maybe I'm just mixing them together in my head. Um, Spot kidnaps a hero on behalf of another villain, and when they wake up, they start making fun of the Spot. Like, oh, geez, you hired the Spot to do this? Oh, I can't believe it got taken down by this guy. At which point, the villain like joins in on it and starts poking fun at the Spot, too, and he's just like, I'm right here, guys. So, Aww. totally gets the short end of the stick. Poor guy. Uh, that's bad. He does seem cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had ideas for a spot modular set at one point. Maybe I'll go back to it. Oh, that could be fun. Yep. All right. The card. Spot is a unique minion. One scheme, one attack, criminal traded, four hit points. When defeated, if spot was defeated without excess damage, shuffle him back into the encounter deck. Special boost, put this minion into play engaged with you. Hmm. I like him. Like, he's got the stats for who he is. A little weak and pathetic. but. He's always coming out, boost or not, and you have to deal more than four damage, or he just keeps coming out. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Effectively five hit points, yeah. Yeah, I like how he uh, he shows up into play as a boost, kind of like pops out of one of his spots, and vanishes into one of his spots, unless you really give it to him. Yeah, you gotta hunt him down. Yeah, it's nice theme to it with the 1-1, you know, because he doesn't have super strength or anything, so... it's. It's kind of a loser, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't put that as a trade on there. Oh, oh that's be, good. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. Well, there are two more uh, minions in this set, but we're not going to talk about their lore because we have already done that. We have Sandman. You can go back and listen to issue 149, where we do Sandman part one. And there's Hobgoblin. You can just... Couple issues ago, issue one sixty six, where we do the Sinister Six Part One, and we talk all about him as well. So we're not going to talk about their lore, but we are going to talk about their cards. So, Mika, I'd like you to tell us all about Sandman. I would love to. So, Sandman is another unique minion with one scheme, one attack, and seven hit points. He has the criminal trait and a forced response. After Sandman takes any amount of damage from an attack. Discard the top seven cards of the encounter deck. He has a boost effect, which is just discard the top seven cards of the encounter deck. And he comes with one boost icon. So that seems... I like that. That's a good amount of hit points. Again, you're, you have to use your swinging web kick, or he's going to be discarding, what, 17 or 14 cards off the top of the deck? Yeah, unless you use one of the big swings, you're looking at at least two, probably. Yep. Yeah, I like that he's discarding cards from the encounter deck, kind of Reminiscent of the Sandman villain heading for those acceleration tokens. Yep. So that's neat. Any amount of damage from an attack. Yeah, so if you hit him with a bunch of little attacks, you are burning through the deck. Yeah. What's with seven? 
doesn't Electro also discard seven cards? I must... think so. <laughs> it's that's all of the standard cards, right? Standard set has seven cards in it, so maybe that's where they got them from. Like it's a it's effectively a modular set. He gets rid of. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike. Why don't you give us the Hobgoblin? That's our next card. Hobgoblin, unique minion, two scheme, two attack. Criminal traded five hit points. Force interrupt when the Hobgoblin would attack you. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck equal to Hobgoblin's attack instead. Take one indirect damage for each boost icon discarded this way. And he has two boost icons. That is a wild effect. Yeah, so what's happening here? So he when he would go to attack you... So his attack value is two. Okay. So you discard two cards from the encounter deck. You add up right. all the icons. That's how much indirect damage you take. Okay. So it could be like zero, and it could be like six. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about that is he does that instead of attacking. So you can't defend him, can you? It's indirect damage, so no. Yeah. You're just taking it. Right. You can apply negative attack modifiers to him, which would reduce the number of cards he's discarding. Um, Cyclops has a card that, like, is an upgrade that, you know, that all characters have minus one attack or something like that, but then um, Storm, who gives everybody plus one attack, means Hobgoblin's discarding three cards instead of two because his attack goes up by one. Right. Yeah. I'm just checking um, Subdue if you have to be declared a defender. No, it's when an enemy initiates an attack. That enemy gets minus three attacks. You could Subdue them. Okay. What is there? Pin Down, I think, is the one that just gives a minion minus two attack. Yeah, Pin Down. Okay. Um, but then there are modular sets that will give enemies a boost, right? So those ones would be fun to increase his attack, you know, along with everybody else's. So that's kind of a neat thing. I like the fact that it's not, uh, it's replacing an attack, it seems like, so you can't really defend it. So you just have to take what you take. That is such a, oh man, the timing on that could just be awful. Yeah, and the theme there is he's throwing pumpkin bombs at you, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe he's got good aim, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, and if you're low on hit points, you flipped Alter Ego, he's still got two scheme. Yep. Well, this, other than uh, other than Bombshell and Spot, the cards in this set have, like, two, one, two, or three boost icons. So there's a bunch of boost icons that he could have. It's oh, yeah, cool. quite a few. I, I like him. I think he's neat. Yeah, I like that. I like the design on this one. Yeah, there are, all the minions have a neat something going on with them. A little bit different than other minions. They're, none of them are just standard cookie cutter minions. That's kind of cool. All right, well, let me tell you about the next card in the set because we are not done. This is the environment card, Surge in Crime. If it doesn't have Surge in it, I'm leaving. Okay, the first word on the text of the card is Surge. Awesome. You have to stay. Uh, each criminal minion gains Surge, which is every single one of these minions, right? Hero action. Uh, This is where this card suffers. If there are no criminal minions in play, spend two resources of any type, discard this card. It has two boost icons. Yep. It's cool that it's an environment and not like a side scheme or something. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good. Got to see how many uh, criminal-traded minions there are. I mean, we have a lot in this set already, so I don't feel like it has to be bolstered, but you could. Yeah, if you happen to be playing alongside another set that also has criminals. I believe Sinister Syndicate does. Yep. Now, I'm I'm actually looking it up, and a lot of Nemesis uh, minions are criminal. Spider-Man, Spider-Ham... Miles Morales, Star Lord, uh, Iron, uh, which other ones? Rocket Raccoon, Wasp. So you could uh, get Surge on your, Ooh, on your cool. Nemesis. Yeah, that's great. The way you remove it is interesting too. Sure, you, you spend a couple resources, but there have to be no criminals out. So you can't just get rid of it if there are criminals out. That, that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I really, really like that. Because you got to spend the resources to deal with them. Yeah, kill off the criminals yeah. first. Hope none come out. Hope you still have resources to get rid of this card. Yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's a good uh, risk-reward uh, how much you want to push your luck. Because if there's no criminal minions out, it does nothing. 
Mm -hmm. But do you want to take the chance? So just leave it there. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, just I say just leave it out. Don't bother. Just it's fine. fine. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I'm sure it's over. Uh, the surge is probably being overreported anyway. People are overreacting. Yeah, definitely. they tend to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, there's one card left, and uh, Mika, why don't you finish it off for us? All right. So the final card in the set is a side scheme called Grand Larceny. Uh, the Iron Spider Sinister Six are on a crime spree, robbing every business they come across. Threat cannot be removed from this scheme while a criminal minion is in play, and it has the crisis icon. Uh, it also comes in with three boost icons. Ooh. Wow. It's good. It's good, guys. I, I mean, you got, what, like seven, six... Uh, criminal minions in the set they gain surge and you can't remove threat from the side scheme definitely sounds good which means you can't then remove threat from the main scheme because it's a crisis um so you gotta take out so you gotta get rid of it and put three boost icons back in the deck <laughs> yeah well first you gotta get rid of all the criminals then you could get rid of this then you could thwart the main yeah this is good uh and on the art you have uh Iron Spider and Sandman, but you have Lori Baumgartner and Lana Baumgartner. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because I didn't. Yeah. Is Lana? Does she start out as a criminal in the she, comics? Well, she does show up during the Helicarrier heist in Latveria. That whole thing. She is involved in that. So, okay. She, her mom brings her along, um, but she's not like a part of the Sinister Six. I think, if I remember correctly from reading it, she's the uh, the grumpy teenager along for the ride. Uh, and she, uh, unfortunately, she tips off Miles Morales. That's how the champions show up, because her and Miles are friends. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, yep. Daniel did tell us about that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. Uh, he didn't even tell us she was a mother. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. His, his lore was lacking. Uh, let's rate the set. What are we, what are we giving it on a, you know... A to D kind of situation scale. What do you what do you got, Mike? Um, this is an A plus for me. Uh, if you'll recall, no, this actually is not an A plus. This is this is S tier. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going wow. S tier on this. Uh, you recall I've done this once before, and that was with the Mysterio set. Uh, this is my dream combo. This set in Mysterio. Wow. Okay. Wow. I do not want to play that. I mean, uh, it's awesome. Fun. Okay. It's awesome because. All those little, oh, but they only will activate once. Oh, but is there going to be a minion in play when you have Search and Crime? Oh, is there going to be a minion in play when you have Grand Larceny? In Mysterio, yes, there probably will be. Yeah. It's it's a ton of fun. Um, my previous number one set to throw in things was Sinister Syndicate. And I feel like this is that to another level. Every minion has its own thing, but the minions here are a little bit beefier. More Definitely more boost icons. And the side scheme and environment just add another layer of management you have to deal with. And Mika, Mika I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. It's it's got that push your luck mechanic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So this totally gets uh, S tier for me. Okay. How about you, Daniel? A plus for exactly the same reasons you said, Mike. All right, Mika, do you have a rating for this? Uh, I think I'd give this one an A. Uh... I think the only thing stopping it from getting an A plus for me is I would have liked to have seen all of the minions come in with a with a boost effect, but I think they just ran out of space on the cards for a couple of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. Yeah, it's a fun set. That's good. Oh, it's good. Well, make it. Sorry, first that we've been calling you Maka, uh, but you know we're villains. We we don't know what our minions are up to. Um, thanks for coming on. I was just going to say thank you for having me and offering me the wonderful refreshments. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll keep, keep us posted on how that tale goes. Folks should go check out your YouTube channel. Again, that's what Night of the Living Card Game? Night of the LCG. Night of the LCG. Okay. LCG Living Card Game. That yeah, makes sense. I like it. It's a good, good theme there. Um, check it out. His videos are a lot of fun. And uh, nice quality. I think that's that's always a plus. Hey, thanks again, Mika, for you uh, coming on the show. Great to, great to hang with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Right on. Thanks for coming on, and hopefully we can have you back on for something else. 
coming up, maybe a Nemesis show or something like that. So always love to be a part of it. Always wonderful listening to the to the episode you put out. Oh, thanks. I'm proud. I'm proud to be a minion. Well, we're honored to have you on. Yes, thank you. Well, Mike, if other folks want to sign up to be a minion, how will they go about doing that? Oh, I will tell you. But first, I do also want to give a special thank you to our very special guest, Scarlet Roddy, for keeping us on the straight and narrow. Um, my goodness, we are so sorry for what Daniel did to you. So sorry. Yeah. So, yes, if you want to uh, apply to become a minion, you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We are Critical Encounters. You can find us on YouTube. We are Critical Encounters. Or on Patreon. Guess what? We're Critical Encounters. Or you can find us on Discord. We are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, Wandering Tuke, and Meka. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Iron Spider, take us out. Don't make me whoop you. Mike, that was wild. Thank you again for writing it. Yeah, anytime, man. I owe you one. Yeah, I think pretty good. Don't, don't I owe you one? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of owed him one uh, after playing a joke on me on Monday Night Twitch. I heard about that. That'll teach you to get someone else to do your homework. So none of that was real? Oh, no, that whole thing was baloney. The whole thing. Every word. In fact, Daniel had no idea this was a complete load of bull until, oh, right about now. That's one for the villains. <laughs>